2023 to order um, and ask Ms. Secretary Flancia Reyes to please call the roll. Commissioner um, Oz? Here. Commissioner Baruman? Here. Commissioner Gutierrez? Commissioner McMahon? Here. Commissioner Shea? Here. Vice Chair Thompson? Here. Chair Vasquez? Here. Um, and if we could all now please stand to present the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, everyone. Um, so everyone has had a chance to review our agenda. Do we have any amendments to the agenda? None. Okay, great. Um, do I have a motion to approve the agenda? I'll motion to approve. And a second? Second. Okay, so motion by Thompson, second by Oz. Um, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right, the agenda is approved. And we will move on directly to business item 4A uh, to receive a presentation of the top five commission ranked parks and recreation master plan projects and recommend that to city council for review and explore funding opportunities. Director Hubbard, would you like to introduce this item? Yes, that was a mouthful. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, commission chair. Good evening, commissioners. Uh, this item is a follow-up from your November meeting where we asked the commissioners to rank uh, the top 10 projects in the Park and Rec Master Plan Action Plan, um, where we presented information on those particular projects. We're bringing them back tonight to bring more specifics to uh, each project, the top five that you ranked. We're bringing the top five back to have a further discussion and to um, have the council make a recommendation for the council to consider those projects for funding. So Nemo Gonzalez will be making the presentation. All right. Thank you, Nemo. Uh, let's see, let's turn you on. There you go. All right. Good evening, commissioners. Uh, thank you all for being here for this follow-up meeting. Uh, I've got, unfortunately, over 30 slides, so let's get started. I'm gonna begin with a brief recap of our staff's approach uh, for tonight's presentation. Uh, staff is relying uh, on the nearly 10 years of community outreach conducted from 2011 to 2021 in preparation of the two documents that help guide our city uh, evacuable evolving park and recreation needs. These documents are uh, the recreation needs assessment published in 2013 and the parks and rec uh, master plan published in 2021. A wide range of tools were employed in the preparation of these documents. Staff went through the raw data and generated a list of the top park and facility wants and needs by the community. Staff then evaluated the projects uh, that were in the park and rec master plan. Uh, that most closely aligned with the, the needs of the community. And this brings us to our November commission meeting where uh, 10 projects from the Park and Rec Master Plan were brought to you for your consideration. Uh, after a robust discussion, your prioritizations of the projects were as shown on this slide. Uh, our intent had been to bring back the top three projects. Uh, however, we did have a tie for th uh, third place, and then uh, explicit request to bring back the trails project. So tonight we're gonna be going over the top five projects. And those are the projects that are highlighted in yellow there. So at our previous uh, meeting, there was some discussion about uh, uh, 
park and rec uh, facility distribution. And so one of the things that I put together tonight uh, with the uh, help of park planner Hesterman and our GIS department was a few maps that have our current inventory for uh, uh, each of the classifications of the projects that we're considering tonight, which are uh, parks, trails, and facilities. Uh, each of these categories has their own development guidelines uh, and I've prepared a few slides uh, so that the commission better understands the development process. Uh, facilities consist of buildings that house recreation programs operated by the Park and Rec Department. And they include things like the neighborhood centers, oh, the senior center, the community pools and the theater. There are no standards for uh, service radius and service goals for the facilities. Our driving principle for these are to serve as many residents as possible. The multi-use and nature trails have no service radius or service goal either. All of our formal, formal nature trails are currently located in and around Lagoon Valley Park, but other uh, accessible open space is available for development. And that includes um, Caligari, Open Space, and Glen Eagle. Uh, our park service level standards are as follows. Uh, neighborhood parks have a service radius of half a mile and a service acreage goal of 1.8 acres for every thousand resident. Uh, community parks have a service radius of one and a half miles and a service acreage goal of 1.7 acres for every thousand residents. And our regional parks have no service radius and have a service acreage goal of one acre for every 1,000 residents. So we recognize that there are areas in Vacaville that are underserved by our parks uh, per this level of service standard that's uh, listed in our general plan in our Park and Rec Master Plan. And this map uh, highlights some of these areas. So specifically the areas in orange are the areas that are underserved. And the areas in the light blue are currently being served by a park. And with that background knowledge, I'm gonna get started on the, the first project, which is the Davis Street Gymnasium, also referred to as the Skate Center. And not surprisingly, it's located on Davis Street with a commercial center and within a commercial center and is adjacent to a movie theater, gas station, coffee shops, and a restaurant. Uh, it's previously owned, it's a privately owned building. Uh, the redevelopment, redevelopment agency initially contracted with the property owner. Uh, the agreement was transferred to the successor agency once the redevelopment agency was dissolved. And the successor agency is a separate legal entity from the city. Uh, some of the bullet points of the agreement with the building owner include the city subleases one of the three pods. Uh, the sublease expires in November of 2025. The agreement gives the city the option to buy the leased pod. And the agreement also gives the city the option to buy the entire facility. Uh, the two Privately operated pods run ice hockey and ice uh, skate programs, and the city operated pod runs gymnastics, basketball, volleyball, and has uh, private rooms that host birthday parties. 
so I've got some um, uh, one-time investment costs, and that's the development and, and for the Davis Street, the procurement costs as well. And then I've got some ongoing operating costs. Now, all of the projects tonight are formatted in a similar fashion. So um, the top will be the investment, the one-time investment, and then the, the bottom is the ongoing cost to run and operate these facilities. Um, and just to recap on Eric and Melody's presentation at the last commission meeting, the total number of participants in gymnastics include, uh, between January and November, include 7,478 uh, for gymnastics. Uh, the total number of participants for basketball in 2022 are 523 participants with 99 on the waiting list. Total number of participants in volleyball in 2022 are 555 with 51 on the waiting list. And uh, our longstanding goal uh, for programming to is to recover 50% of the cost at facilities. The other 50 are covered by the general fund. The lease payments are evenly paid for by the park and rec uh, operating budget, budget and the successor agency. And the programming budget division for this particular facility is gymnastics, adult sports, youth uh, sports, uh, and all costs are paid for by the general fund and recovered uh, during programming. So what's next for the Davis Street Center? We've got uh, three options. Uh, one, we can re renegotiate the lease uh, once it expires in 2025. We have uh, purchasing options. Uh, as I previously stated, we have an option to purchase our subleased pod, or we have another option to purchase the entire facility. And the third option would be to leave the facility, but we would need to relocate some of our very popular programming. So we would need a contingency plan on where to place those programs. The next project on the list is Nelson Park revised master plan. And Nelson Park is a community park that was originally master planned in the late 80s and constructed in 1990 to have 108 parking stalls, play structure, informal trails, benches, and two lighted uh, softball fields. It actually was originally master planned to have three, um, but one of the fields was overlapping with the school property. And so that wasn't ever uh, executed and when the department tried to go back to the school district to, to build that third field, they were no longer interested in, in having that shared use. So this new effort came about. Uh, the Nelson Park Master Plan was revised in 2019 and brought to the Parks and Rec Commission where it was approved with the following proposed amenities. 51 added parking stalls, inclusive playground, water play area, mini ball field, a fitness station, an enhanced entry, uh, picnic shades uh, structure, and three pickleball courts. And in terms of development uh, costs, the engineer's estimate that was put together in 2019 when the master plan was revised uh, puts it at uh, over 11 million, but I should state that we are currently working with a consultant to update the cost because we understand that the last few years have, you know, jacked up uh, construction costs. And the current park is uh, maintained mostly uh, through the general fund and community assessment. 
Park and Rec Department contributes a nominal portion to the ball field maintenance. And for 2022 softball participants, uh, we're upwards of 495 with 21 on the waiting list. Uh, the city has an agreement with uh, Girls uh, Fast Pitch um, and it's a year round program. So what's next for Nelson Park? Uh, at the January 6, 2021 uh, Parks and Recreation meeting, uh, the revised master plan was recommended to go to council for approval. The revised plan uh, will be going to council in early 2023. And we are currently working with our design consultant, as I stated, to update the presentation and update the costs and put together a phasing plan for construction. And as part of this effort, we're, we're gonna have an updated uh, construction estimate, um, which will help us uh, moving forward uh, on the off chance that we don't secure all of the funding for this park and we can uh, update the costs, you know, year to year. Our third project is a new multi-purpose recreation center. And in 2019, the city commissioned a recreation facility assessment. The purpose of the assessment was to gather preliminary information on our existing facilities to enable staff, uh, commission and council the ability to make informed decisions regarding the facilities. Uh, the results for the uh, different sites varied. The different sites were Davis Street, uh, Georgie Duke, and Three Oaks. Uh, of the three facilities assessed, the two that provide active pro uh, sports programming, the Duke and Davis Street uh, Center. Uh, because of the outcome of the preliminary assessment, a recommendation was made uh, in the subsequent Park and Recreation Master Plan to plan for a new multi-purpose recreation center that would fulfill some of the needs of our growing community. Right. In terms of um, uh, programming uh, at a new facility, uh, the Park and Rec Master Plan um, estimates that the facility will be anywhere from 50 to 70,000 square feet, but the final programming will determine the final size of the facility. And while a tentative site is listed as Centennial Park, other sites uh, could still be an option. Generally, staff recommends an existing site owned by the city for fiscal reasons. Uh, in preliminary discussions, staff has recommended potential uh, programming elements that are listed here. Now, uh, I'll state the obvious. Uh, the benefit of uh, using an existing facility that the city owns is that we won't have to spend any of the funds on land procurement. Um, so the development, the development costs that's stated in the Park and Rec Master Plan ranges from 40 million to 60, largely because we didn't settle on a exact square footage because that'll be driven by the programming needs. So if the programming needs are similar to what we currently have, which is basketball, volleyball, we anticipate that it'll be anywhere between 50 to 70,000 square feet. Um, and some of the uh, operating costs that we put together, we actually were able to get from a performa that was put together by the uh, Elk Grove CSD. They're currently uh, building a new uh, rec facility that is out to bid right now. So I did reach out to my contact at Elk Grove uh, yesterday, and she said that they're two weeks out from getting a final cost. Their uh, facility is gonna be 56,000 square feet, and it's gonna be located at an existing community park. So these aren't based on nothing, they're, they're tangible and were put together by a consultant, but not anybody that we hired. 
Um, so in terms of, uh, uh, you know, assumptions that we've made, gymnastics would be moved from Davis Street uh, to the new rec center. Volleyball is a current demand uh, uh, and it has a waiting list. Um, we also anticipate that there might be an uh, option for membership and admissions um, for weight rooms or, uh, you know, um, dance studios or anything along those lines. Um, as previously mentioned, the Park and Rec Master Plan identifies Centennial Park as a possible location for the new multi-purpose rec center due to its central location within the city. Uh, a current effort to wrap up the Centennial Park Master Plan includes such a facility and should be wrapped up in 2023. Regardless of the final location, we are in need of a funding mechanism uh, for envi environmental clearances, entitlement, and construction. Now, these uh, exhibits here that I, I grabbed, I grabbed from that Elk Grove effort. So this is their facility that they're building. The next project is a sports field complex. Um, the Park and Recreation Department commissioned a sports field proforma. Proforma is a type of uh, fiscal feasibility study. And some of the areas explored were market demand, cost and space analysis, financial and operational feasibility, and visitor impact analysis. And the location that was selected is the area that's indicated in the red there, and it's adjacent to the Easterly Wastewater Treatment Plant. It's the only city-owned property that's large enough to accommodate such a facility. And some of the programming amenities uh, explored include the following, soccer, rugby, cricket, lacrosse, basketball, volleyball. Now, uh, I want to highlight uh, some assumptions that were made uh, by the uh, performa. And uh, one of the things that I'll say beforehand is that the performa does have, uh, it has recommendations, not, necessar not necessarily for any of the options that they provide. They provide four different options, but it has a recommendation for a minimum of 12 fields to attract uh, a certain amount of um, tournament play which would be the, essentially the revenue portion of this. Um, and so all of the four different options that they have in the actual report are all variations of 12 fields. So um, the cheaper options are all natural turf. And then the most expensive options have more synthetic turf along with other uh, building facilities like indoor basketball, volleyball, et cetera. Um, so the model assumes that all users would pay for rent of field usage. If the city reduces or waives rents uh, for any reason, the park could operate at an annual deficit. Consultant recommends budgeting for long-term capital needs at an amount of half a percent of the facility construction costs. Uh, for recommended facility, uh, this translates to anywhere between $1.8 and $3.8 million uh, in 2019 dollars annually. Uh, this would need to be sourced elsewhere, most likely the general fund. Uh, revenue projection assumes a stabilized year. So for instance, you know, uh, if we had a repeat of 2020, that wouldn't necessarily be a, a, a stabilized year. Uh, local usage uh, practice leagues programming typically would occur between Monday and Thursday, accounting for 55% of the usage. 
and it assumes 40 annual tournaments according uh, or accounting for about 45% of the usage of the complex. And there's other uh, tangible benefits that are listed in the pro forma, including um, uh, temporary and permanent jobs and um, sales tax revenue. So what's next? Um, there's been uh, other folks who have been interested in that site. And so one of the things that we would need to, you know, uh, do first would be to make sure that we secure the site for this particular purpose. Um, we would need to secure a funding mechanism. Uh, like every other uh, uh, new development project, we would need to go through an environmental process um, for the land and uh, construction plans, entitlements, and actual construction. I should also say that the uh, Proforma assumes that all of this would be built at once. So anytime you phase a project, there would be um, uh, duplicated costs um, to get equipment out into the field to uh, have different um, uh, permitting efforts that occurred. So any fees associated with construction drawings would be duplicated. And our last project is a trail and trailhead improvement program. So the city has uh, over 17 miles of well-used, multi-use and nature trails. The city uh, also has a significant inventory of trails that are only partially documented. Um, the city has over 2,000 acres of open space, but very little in the way of formal trailheads, um, mapped trails and adopted rules for the use of the areas. We don't have any uh, formal programming for any of the trails. However, other groups uh, like the high school cross country teams and um, uh, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts are um, uh, use these uh, sites often. In fact, this is a Scub uh, Scout troop at uh, the Lagoon Valley trails. When it comes to development, the city has recently adopted DIF that includes a provision for additional trails and trailheads. And because the collection of the funds uh, are solely reliant on new development, there is no horizon on when we are gonna have enough money to execute any new trail projects. But we now for sure have a funding mechanism that will kick in mid-year this year. Uh, for the purpose of the presentation tonight, we're gonna define trail development as follows. Um, Multi-purpose trails are paved with hardscape and serve a multi uh, multitude of uses, including hikers, walkers, joggers, bicycles. Um, nature trails, are, these will be unpaved paths with, within our designated open space uh, that can accommodate hikers, walkers, and joggers. And trailheads are a strategic access point to trail systems that it could include parking, uh, security lighting, drinking fountains, uh, seating signage, and where feasible restrooms. I'm not sure if I skipped a slide. Oh, that is correct right there. So the the cost, this comes directly from, from the diff. So this is the cost that we assigned to generate that, that um, fee from developers. Uh, we recognize that uh, there will one day be funding for trail and trail projects. Um, and uh, that'll come from the diff. 
and we offer an alternative to actual funding of trail trails, signs, and trailheads. And that option is a, a, a master plan, which would be a tool to help the department establish some development design guidelines in a holistic manner. This document could potentially help us better categorize trail types where it is appropriate to combine trail users um, and where it's appropriate to separate users. And with that, that does conclude my presentation with uh, a recommendation from you all after some further discussion on um, moving this presentation over to council for their consideration. And I do wanna highlight that we have a lot of folks that uh, assisted in this effort tonight to put the information together and make sure that it's accurate. And some of those folks are here tonight, um, uh, including the director of the housing department, uh, and obviously we've got our city attorney who's staffing tonight, uh, Andrea, who uh, assisted with the Davis Street Agreement uh, effort. We've got Park Planner Hesterman, and then obviously other staff here available to answer any of your questions. All right, um, thank you, Nemo, for that presentation. Um, if the commission is agreeable, I'd like to go ahead and open it to public comment first before commissioner questions or comments. Um, okay, so, um, I will go ahead and open public comment. Um, there is a maximum of three minutes per speaker. Um, and does anyone wish to address the commission this evening regarding the one agenda item? <laughs> and you'll have your timer right here that you'll be able to see. <laughs> I won't so three that minutes. long, no worries. Um, I'm Joan Marquand Wilsey. I, live, I have lived here for about 17 years or so. I'm glad to see that trailheads and um, nature trails are on the list, but I'm a little confused. I don't know if that includes from the pictures it looks like at Lagoon Valley. Are there plans included to link some of the inner city trails to upgrade them with staffing money, staffing and money? So that was part of my consideration because I walk from my house around the park and out into this the uh, streets and uh, we have a friend friend and I we walk on the bike path or something like that so I'm hoping there's some effort to include connecting a network of city trails thank you thank you anyone else from the public okay I will go ahead and close public comment. Um, and just for the record, would like to acknowledge that Commissioner Gutierrez um, is here in the meeting now, since she wasn't here during roll call. Um, I will go ahead and open it up to Commissioner questions and comments. Who'd like to go first? Uh, Commissioner Oz. Thank you, Chair. Um, good evening, everyone. Um, boy, where do I begin? I have uh, a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts to share. Um, any any thoughts that I share um, certainly um, are my initial thoughts. I certainly want to gauge, you know, have a, a group discussion about it. But um, let me see. Um, one of the the first thing I'd like to just say is with respect to the trail and trailheads improvement program, I really just think because that was um, 
one that was, it was the top priority um, in the needs assessment. It is, um, you know, it, it really touches all of the community. It's, so it's not different age groups. And so everybody can enjoy um, the trails. I think Lagoon Valley is really the gem of the, of the city. Um, some of the, the improvements are all very um, low cost. And so it just seems to me to be um, one that um, con compared to the other four, to me seems to be um, a no brainer of one that we would, we would move forward with. I'm, in, I'm encouraged that the park impact fee program now has um, a component for, for that effort. Um, you know, that, that's only gonna be able to be used for expansion of those trails, but, um, but I think uh, uh, rehabilitation of the existing trails and everything else um, um, would be relatively low cost compared to some of these others. So I would, I would certainly, um, and I, I, I like the idea of, uh, I mean, Lagoon Valley is certainly used and, and, and enjoyed by the community, but just the fact that we're not really programming it and using it to its fullest extent is some of the, some of the feedback that I've heard from the community. And, and so I think that would be really a, a great step to just really enhance, enhance that um, park. Um, my, ne my next uh, question goes to um, when, when I look at, when I look at the sports complex and I know it was listed as the sports field complex, but really as it's proposed, it was actually a sports complex that also included courts. I mean, I'm intrigued by the concept of the, the multi recreation center versus the sports complex. It's somewhat duplicative in that it's got the sports complex has got the field house. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with um, um, just what the multi-purpose um, recreation center could provide versus the field, uh, you know, the field house and that sports complex. Um, as I, as I, as I, as I think about it, I, I think that in general, we, I would, um, I would recommend that we go bigger and make sure to um, have um, big grand um, um, projects like this. Um, when we talk about where we locate fields and courts and fields and, and various courts throughout the community, certainly our community uh, parks have to have a certain level to serve um, the, the service area that they, that they represent. But what I'm hearing, what I hear often from the public, and I'd love to get more feedback on this, is to what extent um, I keep hearing a lot that um, from our 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 teams and our leagues and our clubs that they would really prefer to have um, a, a space where they could actually host large tournaments. And I see I see that the sports complex being able to do that and. If it's if it's large enough, it could actually have some some really great cost recovery. So, I'm 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 leaning a little bit more towards the 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 sports complex versus the multi um, the multi uh, purpose gymna the gymnasium, um, just for that fact. And I think if you look at um, all of the programming options, 
um, you know, soccer, rugby, cricket, lacrosse, basketball, volleyball, um, you know, just it, it seems that we're, we're able to provide more, um, more in, in that facility than we would with the, the multi-purpose um, center. Um, and I, I would think that the field, and I'm, I'm learning a little bit more about a field house, but my gut feeling would, would say that the construction cost on a large field house would be, would be less than the actual um, a multi-purpose gymnasium type of center. So I think you'd get a little bit more uh, bang for your buck in terms of the, the size and how many tournaments you could, you could host um, and the the revenue that you could generate, um, and so that's that's another thing that I was just trying to circle my thoughts around. Um, and then, but it, it, but again, and then lastly, as I look at, I know I uh, the Davis Street Gymnasium. Um, I, you know, it, it seems reasonable that regardless of what we do, we just need to continue to pursue that and see, you know, what our options are. And I'd like to just hear more if, we, if we've made any progress on that, but I would still, um, we don't, we wanna uh, at least um, have an understanding of what our, our, our options are um, with the, the ownership. Um, and then I would say, um, lastly, um, Nelson Park, it sounds like that that's, been something that's in the, been in the pipeline and is like ready to go to ready to go to council in the last two or three months, um, and it seems like a, just a, a reasonable uh, uh, master plan update of that community park. But again, when I when I when I look at it, I just sort of ask the I'm, I'm sort of asking myself the question: um, if we if we if we do like a big sports complex, then we can host larger tournaments. And we can um, we can bring you know the city to that that one large complex, uh, but certainly we want to maintain fields in the community in the community parks to be able to serve that local community. But um, I, I don't know if like Nelson Park is 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 sized to actually serve to do tournaments as well. Um, and so I, I guess I'm wanting a little bit more information on that. Why don't I stop there and just see if Nemo, maybe if you have any responses or. Miss at uh, Nelson. Yeah. I'm going to turn that over to our director. <laughs> Hubbard. Thank you, Nemo. Uh, I'll start with Nelson. Then I'll try to answer the other questions. We do run tournaments at Nelson park currently. Yes. It's not ideal for large-scale tournaments. Usually if you have a large-scale tournament, whether it be softball or baseball, you'll have what they call a wagon wheel, and they have four um, baseball fields or softball fields. Uh, we, we're, we're not equipped to do that there, uh, but we have run tournaments at, at Nelson Park. Uh, Nelson Park is similar to Al Patch Park, where, which has three fields, and we're able to run tournaments there as well, baseball and softball, because you can put, they're softball fields, but you can put portable mounds there and run tournaments. So it's not ideal um, if you're, you know, running, you know, a 20 team tournament. But yeah, we've run we've run several tournaments at Nelson Park. The Davis Street options you asked about that, and we did. We've been meeting with our city attorney and our legal folks. 
And that is a can that we can't kick down the road any longer. So we're going to have to make a decision regardless of what happens here, regardless of what happens at the at the council meeting uh, next. We're going to have to make a decision uh, in 2025, right? So either we're going to have to continue to lease uh, or purchase the building, as Nemo said, or purchase the pot or purchase the entire facility. So I think regardless of what happens here, we're going to have to make a decision regarding the Davis Street. And we're not prepared right now to move programming. So worst case scenario, we'll have to renegotiate a lease and, and continue programming at that site. So we have been looking at that. We've been unwinding that contract um, with our legal team uh, just recently. And you talked about the field house. The difference between the field house at the sports field complex and the multi-purpose um, facility are the amenities inside the facility. When I say amenities, the field house is Typically, it's just a big barn type house with, yeah, yeah, with, with maybe a couple of basketball courts. The multi-purpose facility would include uh, space for programming, uh, including classes like um, Tai Chi, uh, karate, some of the things that we run at Three Oaks, some of our other facilities, where you'll be able to expand those those programs. And so it's it's not totally apples to apples. I mean, you can run basketball, those are similar, but it's the field house is totally different than what we would be able to operate at a multi-use uh, facility where we have waiting lists for some of our programs. So I hope that answers most of your questions right now. And just one other observation uh, is, as I compare the multi-purpose recreation center versus the, the sports complex and particularly that field house, mm -hmm. um, it, it's fair to say that the the rec center is a is a one time project that's very expensive that would that would would um, wouldn't be able to be phased, but I would anticipate the sports complex could be phased over time, um, adding more outdoor courts and facilities, adding the field house and and, and yeah, that's true to an extent. If if the multi-use uh, indoor space uh, was funded, it would be a phase of Centennial Park because that's the ideal space for it. And we would, so it would be a phase of the Centennial Park master plan. Right. But yes, the uh, outdoor fields could be a phased project. Correct. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna piggyback on, on this discussion in that, you know, one of the reasons that I made it a point to include all of the assumptions that the pro forma uh, made was because it rendered a lot of that information uh, uh, essentially worthless if you don't uh, follow those key uh, points that it's making. And as I stated at the end of the presentation for the sports complex, it does make the assumption that that wouldn't be phased, that that would be constructed. So for instance, all of the financials that are included um, in terms of whether the project would be solvent or not, uh, assumes that it would be stabilized by year three or four, I believe. Uh, of the of the complex, and so, in order for the information and the performer to be correct for the sports complex, they they don't. It's not like they make a recommendation, but they just assume that it would be built at once. So it would be one time capital improvement. Yes, the new multi-use rec facility would be a phase of Centennial, but that project wouldn't be phased, and that the entire building would be built at once. So I just want to clarify. Okay. I'll leave it there for now and turn it over to some other commissioners. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Oz. Um, I have Commissioner Shea next. 
Thank you. Um, thank you for all of the information. Um, like Commissioner Oz, I, I, it's hard to know where to begin. Um, so we have still preliminary information about Davis Street, but um, based on what you guys have said this evening, I just wanna like clarify the inevitability, right, of either purchasing or leasing is still going to necessitate repairs and or renovation of the facility, right? That is correct. Let me turn to that uh, slide. So again, I think maybe I'll go to this one first. So the three options are renegotiating the lease, the lease which would essentially, we would continue the status quo would just be a payment uh, every month. Um, and then the other two options that require sort of a bigger sort of fiscal sort of responsibility from the city side would be um, to, to purchase either the pot or to purchase the actual uh, facility. And uh, these are rough estimates that I put together for the renovation. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do that is I didn't want to give you as a commission the assumption that because the agreement states that we would only be paying $1 for our pod, that that would be the extent of our fiscal responsibility if we went that route. It is definitely uh, not compliant with uh, ADA. Um, and then one of the outcomes of the uh, uh, assessment that I talk about when I talk about the new rec facility was, essentially we've been looking at improving our facilities for a long time, right? And we wanted to know the extent. And one of the sort of outcomes of that report that was prepared by the same consultant as a Park and Rec Master Plan, MIG, um, along with, they had a lot of sub consultants because they're a landscape architecture firm and they had, you know, architects and uh, HVAC folks and structural folks come out and look at the building. Uh, one of the outcomes of that effort was that um, there's a lot of unknown costs, including the roof, which is constantly leaking. There's uh, cracks on the walls. There's, uh, you know, um, ADA improvements that would be necessary. Um, and we just sort of, uh, you know, so that you better understand sort of our, the fiscal responsibility that we would have, I threw a, a unit cost at a repair. I'm not an architect, so I'm just, I just wanna make this number as real as possible and saying that it's $1 would be untrue. Uh, we would likely need an investment of at least 7 million to repair the pod. So that would be the actual investment for um, purchasing the pod. And then obviously uh, the facility, uh, purchasing the entire facility, uh, number one, the investment would be higher because in order to do that, we'd have to pay 3.4 million plus the remaining uh, balance on on uh, the mortgage, uh, along with whatever repairs are necessary for the entire facility. Any other questions? Yes, okay. I'm, I'm thinking. Okay. That doesn't get me really any closer than <laughs> to, yeah. to, to, you know, having um, an opinion on Davis Street. Um, it's, it's still just a lot of you know, what ifs and, and things that are up in the air. I'm, and it's not, you know, disparaging anybody here. I'm sure that it's just as frustrating for the people, everybody involved. Um, so moving on, um, my other questions um, are regarding the sports complex. 
Um, so my my biggest concern with the sports complex um, and having seen the map is is accessibility, um, particularly for the my constituents in District Three. Um, it's it's way out there, and I don't I if I'm not mistaken, we don't have any public transit that goes anywhere near that. Um, so really, that that to me, I feel like it would be serving you know a. a chunk of the population versus, you know, everybody in Vacaville. Um, so that's a consideration for me. Um, and, you know, has transportation or, you know, the accessibility of it in comparison, you know, distance and everything from town, has that been considered when considering that site? Um, or is that just, I know that that's the land that's there. So it's... Yeah, I did read the performa a couple of times and I don't ever remember seeing um, anything about transit they didn't mention transit they did mention you know road improvements um if that was put out there if if we move forward with that project because there would definitely need to be road improvements road widening but nothing related to transportation was mentioned yeah and i should sort of elaborate too you know um again the assumption was that even locals who use a field space would need to pay for it as well so that's another type of accessibility, right? Right. And the, and, and just, you know, the cost of, of such a big, shiny facility, too, would drive the need for cost recovery, I'm sure. And, um, you know, something that big just seems like by its nature would be inaccessible to a lot of people. So that's one of my considerations for that. Um, so that would make me personally lean toward, you know, the multi-purpose rec center just because it sounds like it would be, you know, in town and, and more accessible to more people. Um, although I, it does sound like they're very different projects. Um, we just have a need overall for for recreation facilities, right? That's, that's just a need. Um, so those those were my initial considerations. One more thing that I wanted to know, and, and I, you likely don't have this information, but I noted that the 37-ish to 78 million-ish um, cost <laughs> uh, was based on 2019 numbers. And we all know just how greatly things have changed um, since then as far as um, construction costs and everything. Is there any, I mean, are we looking at, at double that amount um, or, you know, just a, a smaller increase? Is there, do you have any clue whatsoever what it might look like now? I don't right now, but right before I accepted my position, I actually was working on a very similar complex for the city of Roseville. And they've got, I believe, eight fields going in. So that's another thing that wasn't considered in the pro forma or it was just in process, it's not an existing facility, but uh, they're moving forward with that complex. And so uh, when they put that out to bid in the next few months, I'll be sort of keeping my ear to the ground to see what that comes back at. And I can share that with you all. Thank you. It's probably all gonna have sticker shock, I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah I think I think those are my only questions, comments for, oh, I no, actually, I'm, I apologize. I do um, have another question clarification. So, um, Director Hubbard, you'd mentioned at um, the last meeting that um, the Trailheads project was, there's a funding mechanism. And is this likely a project that's just going to go forward, whether or not we prioritize it or, you know, the trailhead improvement is going to happen? 
yes. regardless? I, yes, not at the level, um, well, answer your question, yes. We have an open project for trails and trailheads, for naming trails, for doing trail, trail improvements. So we will continue to add to that, add money to that fund to do trail improvements. And if I'm not mistaken, with the lower, lower Lagoon Valley um, development, there will be a trailhead going in s somewhere close to there, if I'm not mistaken, correct you? Yeah, so there will be trailheads and trail improvements done regardless of what happens here. Um, as uh, Commissioner Oz, I think, mentioned, mm -hmm. it's always been at the top of the list with the needs assessment and with the Park and Rec Master Plan. It's probably number one in both, and we recognize that. So that's something that we will prioritize regardless, but that's why we wanted to put it in here. Although it wasn't in the top five, we wanted to add it in here just to bring attention to it and to continue to bring attention to it. But we will be making improvements to some of the trails. Perfect, thank you. Any other questions? Okay, um, moving on to Commissioner McMahon. Thank you very much, Nemo. Thank you for the presentation. Um, I don't know if I'm more confused now than I was in November. <laughs> right. Um, it's a lot to wrap your, um, I guess, your your hands, your arms, your head around. Um, I will say this, learning a little more information than I knew in November, I'm very concerned about the uh, procurement of Davis Street. Um, you, you quoted some numbers, and correct me if I'm wrong, did you say 7,000 plus participants for gymnastics? Let's go to that slide. So we've got 7,478, and this includes uh, 300, or I apologize, 3,529 from a programming perspective, and then another 3,949 for open gym. Okay, and, and 523 for basketball, correct? correct? 555 for volleyball. Yep. You know, so roughly those numbers I quit, it's just in participation, that's roughly 10% of Vacaville's population. That facility gets used a lot. And we have no plan for 2025 as of right now. So it's very concerning because as of today, we, we don't have enough facility space to accommodate those programs and the population. So that concerns me. And I, I hope that this commission and we can get ahead of this. And, and, and it's good because here we are in 2023 talking about it now. Um, I hope that we can um, get ahead of this and, and come up with a plan. So on September 25th of 2025, we can offer these programs to the residents and the kids and the youth that, that use that. Um, that facility is used also for birthday parties. So it draws so many people in there. Um, routinely every single day of the week and, and, and throughout the month and throughout the year. So it's really concerning. And still there's so many unanswered questions with that building, you know, uh, talking about the maintenance of it. I didn't realize that building was built in fifties. I, I thought it was. Uh, I've seen conflicting information that the facilities assessment that I read said it was a 1950s era, but it didn't say it was built in the fifties. And then there was other literature that said it was built in the sixties. Correct you. So which, either which 50s or 60s. Um, and you say it with, with all the um, the accessibility issues, the roofing, the, the plumbing, it can get very expensive. Mm. And at some point, is it um, worth trying to purchase this building or just starting over? Um, so, you know, when we when we ranked um, our different priorities, um, I had a sports field complex as my top priority. I think it will do great things for this city. 
Um, and one of that is to generate revenue, which we can put into other programs. It is interesting because um, like Commissioner Shea um, had stated, at one point I thought, man, that is way out there. That is so far out there. But I drive that direction every single day to go to work. Vacaville is touching that that area now. So the houses of Vacaville are, are to that area. Uh, we have grown that much. So, uh, you know, I, I think with growth, we have to keep up with that. And um, I do agree, we need some sort of transportation and um, Director Hubbard did state that, you know, there would be some widening of roads and it's a, it's a massive project, um, but I, I think it will serve um, all of the community. And I do like um, Commissioner Oz um, made a suggestion of somehow combining um, you know, this rec center with that complex. Um, right now, my, my main concern is definitely um, the loss of programming um, that we face here in the next less than two years. And I think we have to address that as a commission and we have to get ahead of that. Um, otherwise, it's a disservice to our, our citizens and, and especially our youth, you know, that we put in these, these programs. So I hope that we can um, um, come to an agree and uh, to agree that um, that should be a top priority and we need to push that to our council and uh, make sure that they know that we we do the future is uncertain of that building so I, I hope that we can agree upon that the trailheads uh, and um, you know looking at all of the different projects here it seems to be the um, most affordable you know and it sounds like that's going to happen which will be great. There's uh, people out there that um, are gonna benefit from, well, the whole community is gonna benefit from that. So that's that's really great to see. Um, so those are my comments for now. I'm really concerned with um, the Davis Street, procur I have trouble saying this, procurement um, and our rec center. You know, what, what are we gonna do? You know, and I, I think that, um, you know, I, we need to address that as a commission and uh, we need to come up with a plan um, we're, we're less than two years from, or about two years from that date. So it, it's, it'll be here before we know it. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Commissioner McMahon. Um, I have Vice Chair Thompson next. Uh, thank you, Nemo. I, first, uh, a point of clarification. So the way I interpret this is that we are to give a recommendation on all top five, um, or we can cut that up or make a motion or essentially do whatever the, the, the commission decides or prioritize? What, what, what exactly specifically are you looking for? Sure. So what we're recommending is to move all five projects over to council uh, so that they hear the same information that you're hearing tonight. Um, but you always have the option as a commission to uh, do any variance of that particular uh, ask. So you could ask that for instance, we move four of the five projects forward to, to council and we can consider that. All five, go for it. Excellent. Simple <laughs> enough. Um, having said that, having said that, um, I, I look at if I were to prioritize because clearly there, there's need for funding and, and um, procurement of funding. Um, I look at ROI. Um, you call it recovery cost, I call it return on investment. But I look at ROI, um, and as I'm, as you put in your presentation, um, the quickest return on investment is the Nelson and Master Plan. The second is the sports field complex. Um, the third is the new multi-purpose rec center, and the last is the Davis Street Gym. So if I were to prioritize, um, and then the trailhead is, is has a different funding source as we previously discussed. So if I were to prioritize those four, that's how I would personally prioritize them. Having said that, I very much 
and, and in agreement with, with Commissioner McMahon that we cannot lose a Davis Street gymnasium. That, that just simply can't happen. 10% um, of our population cannot be without programming. Um, there's too much programming, too much revenue, too much use of that facility. So even though my my um, financial hat tends to go ROI um, and where do we recoup some of our costs the quickest, um, that would be an exception to me. So that is my perspective on that. Um, I don't um, I don't love the, the proposed the Victus proposal of the easterly location for the sports complex um, for a variety of reasons. Um, mostly because I think that the um, uh, ROI would be um, uh, exponential. It would be, it would be more than is currently slated if it was closer to town, um, taken into sales tax revenue, um, night stays, tourism, other things. If it was closer to town, I think it would improve the return on investment and improve the overall community's engagement, accessibility, all these other things. Um, um, as was, has been pointed out, we are expanding it. It's closing. We're closing the gap, um, but the the uh, you know hotel night stays, the the, the shopping, the revenue, um, uh, sales tax, um, restaurants, all of that stuff that makes Vacaville Vacaville um, you know it, it all comes back into our community, comes back to general fund. So I think that's an important aspect to take into consideration. I think that was in part of that was included in the Victus study, um, but I think it was understated in my opinion. Um, my other comment about the sports complex, um, if you don't mind going to that one slide. Um, I love the idea of multi-use. I'm a huge, huge proponent of multi-use. Anybody who's listened to me get on my soapbox, um, I am multi-use, multi-sport. And I don't think that that is one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't think that is entirely multi-use, multi-sport. Um, I think they were looking at, um, in my opinion, reading the Victus study about four different times. I think they were slanted towards linear type fields and I have nothing against those linear type fields, but I can't predict what Vacaville needs tomorrow, much less 10 years from now or 15 years from now. So I, I want it to be truly multi-sport, multi-use. Um, I don't rectangular fields and put, you know, uh, a softball, uh, baseball, you know, diamonds on opposite corners, artificial turf that can be multicolored. Um, there's some, we have some local great examples of this Missland fields um, out in Ripon. There's the Woodland Sports Complex or for an outstanding um, example is Golden Eagle in Sparks, Nevada. It's probably, uh, it's 120 acres, it's a very large complex, but it also generates um, well over a million dollars in revenue annually to um, to the city of Sparks, which is a tiny little city compared to, to, compared to Vacaville. Um, so I, I look at those things and my family is involved in travel sports. So I spend most of my weekends, um, traveling and I know what kind of money is generated there. So I like to see that come, that re revenue come back into Vacaville and promote other uses so that we can rebuild the Davis street, Davis street, um, complex or other things. So that, that's my perspective on that. Um, and I would just encourage, um, staff to at least evaluate other options. Um, and I don't know what that looks like, if there are other options. I think also sitting through the um, city council meeting last week, the Mango Corporation, I think was one of the corporations looking at that same site. Um, and they gave them, if I'm not mistaken, is that correct? Or are they, is that adjacent? Is it not? No, it's a different site. Okay, then I, I misunderstood. Okay, um, but there are other companies that are interested in that site um, potentially for other uses. So. Um, I would explore other opportunities, um, in my opinion, um, just for all the reasons I stated. When you say other opportunities, do you mean specifically to the location of the complex? Correct. Okay. Correct. 
I'm sorry, I have a couple other comments. No, that's, I was just going to ask you <laughs> yeah. that. Go for it. Um, one of the one of the thoughts, um, and I'm just going to throw this out there and see how well it sticks. Um, <laughs> and um, the the new multi-purpose facility is stated to be at Centennial, but I don't know if we've explored another that's smaller than a sports complex. Could Centennial house a sports complex if some of those Centennial Park Master Plan items were relocated elsewhere? And I know that that. Um, is probably um, you know a knife in the side of Hugh, who's over there three quarters of the way through the Centennial Park Master Plan, and I apologize for that. I'm just trying to think outside the box and get as much amenity uh, for the community as we possibly can within the space that we have allocated and make it accessible for everyone and usable. Um, I'm not trying to, to you know recap your last five to ten years of of, of, um, of what you've been working on. I'm just trying to think outside the box. Um, those are. Um, I think those are my my comments for now. Um, I, I, I agree, um, you know, wholeheartedly that the Davis Street Sports Complex cannot be lost. So whatever we need to do with that one, uh, we need to move forward with that. So um, that's it for now. All right. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Thompson. Um, I have a couple of questions and comments, and then we'll go back to Oz and then Commissioner Gutierrez. Um, I think I'd probably echo a lot of the same um, concerns about the Davis Street site as well. Um, and I mean, I guess, I guess I'm a little concerned about sending it forward without some sort of preference from the commission um, instead of like just kind of leaving like these three options out there. Um, you know, I think um, it would be great if we could say we prefer this um, and I guess I guess I'll speak for myself. So I would say I would probably have a very strong preference at this point for the um, multi-purpose recreation center with um, the option to extend the lease for the Davis Street site um, until we can, you know, fund and move forward on building a brand new multi-purpose recreation center. Um, so I think my lingering question with the Davis Street site would be um, what would a lease look like and for how many more years? Um, and so I think uh, that would be my question. Um, I would also say I still have a strong preference for the Nelson Park master plan and moving, um, obviously moving all of them forward, but also saying that we have a strong preference for that. Um, you know, the community meetings have been going on since, um, you know, four plus years, if not longer. Um, and I think that that um, site in particular is very much in need of additional space um, and the organization um, is in need of, of more field space. Um, and I think I still have reservations about the splash pads um, and parking because it's such a limited space and parking um, that when they are in their peak season um, is also when it's hot, you know, February to the end of June. And so um, I still have concerns about that. Um, but definitely I think even the existing fields are still in need of renovation. Um, and you know, like you, you just, um, rattled off 495 softball players and that's, I'm assuming for fall. Um, 
And, you know, I think the softball league does not get enough credit for the amount of players that they register and have built over the past couple of years, even during the pandemic and through the pandemic. Um, but they are registering just as many, if not more than the two little leagues um, who are operating in town and have Arlington and Centennial, and they are operating on two primary fields for games. Um, and so I'd really love to see um, you know, equity for our softball players. Um, and so would love to see a strong preference for that. Um, I also, I think, ha have been, um, I think, naturally swayed in the last few conversations that we've had or meetings that we've had for um, a multi-purpose rec center and having our own brick and mortar. Um, I think that that is really important as we move forward. Um, it sounds pretty problematic in terms of the Davis Street site. And I would love to see us have our own facility that we can house and do all of these programs in. Um, but I would love to see it huge. <laughs> like, let's go big. Let's go big into our recommendation to city council. I mean, let's ask for a huge space. Let's get multiple courts that we can have different striping and different different um, you know, leagues or sports played on them um, and that we can actually incorporate into programming and um, get our um, tennis community and pickleball community incorporated into our programmatic um, areas. I'd love to see an upper track for walking that we could have open gym like we have for open swim at Walter Graham. Um, those upper like track areas are amazing and to have a nice indoor facility when it's you know raining for two weeks straight um, would be awesome. You know, we could incorporate rock walls and um, potentially indoor turfs, but just like going big, like let's go in big for this <laughs> um, and try and ask for, you know, the sun and the moon and the stars and everything. And um, definitely, um, you know, I think there is a pitch for hosting tournaments on the sports field complex, but we could also be doing the same with an indoor facility with basketball and volleyball. You know, I, I have um, friends who have kids in basketball and volleyball and we are, Vacaville is not the place for basketball and volleyball. I mean, you have to go outside, you have to do tournaments, you have to travel. Um, and that could be a potential option, I think, um, for us if we had our own um, brick and mortar. So. And just you know more more programming for like active aging and and therapeutic recreation. So I think that there's um, I think a lot more opportunity in having our own brick and mortar uh, recreation center. Um, I think I'm still I, ha I have the same concerns and reservations that I think um, Commissioner Shea and, and Commissioner Thompson raised about the sports field complex in terms of location. Um, I think some of those were also raised by city council um, and just being by a wastewater plant um, and just uh, the lack of accessibility to um, our own residents. It, it, it feels like we would be building something um, for the outside, even though I know that probably we would have, you know, our own internal groups using it, it would feel more like a nice and shiny object like um, Commissioner Shea said for, for um, the outside areas. Um, and I think I also have just in general been concerned about same as Commissioner um, Thompson about the linear fields and not having any softball or baseball. <laughs> um, let's see, do I have any other questions? Um, 
It would be great too if we do go on and expand trails that we had maybe some formal programming for it and partnering with some of our local organizations, um, like maybe the Cub Scouts and Eagle Scouts, Boy Scouts, um, Girl Scouts who are using the trails um, and maybe, maybe other organizations. Um, I'm trying to think if that was all my questions. I think so. So those are my strong preferences, Nelson and uh, the rec center. I'm gonna move on to uh, Commissioner Oz. Uh, thank you. Um, one, one clarification, I know we've been talking about the performas and that some of these facilities could really contribute to the, the local economy through because um, I've, I've attended a lot of uh, events in Los Banos and you, you just see this contingency filling up the entire community and filling up the, the hotels and the restaurants. Do those performers evaluate that impact on the local economy as well? This particular perform performa does have a chapter on um, <clears throat> other benefits so it, you're right that it's understated and maybe perhaps even a little bit conservative, but you know when it's driven by the department and there isn't a direct correlation between that particular benefit and the department, I understand probably why they didn't go into depth with it. Um, and it's probably one of the reasons why I mentioned it, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have a whole slide on that particular thing because it's difficult. It's difficult for me to draw a direct line between that that particular benefit and us as a department. Although we do get a good amount of funding from from the general fund, and we know that uh, tax revenue is a, a big source of that. Um, and so it does. It has. Uh, again, I would emphasize that. Uh, the assumptions that the performer makes are are important because it could go one way or the other. It, it has assumptions on you know how many jobs it, it would generate uh, because of the acreage of the complex, and so at a minimum it asks that we hire ten permanent staff and then allocates uh, a certain amount of money for temporary staff. Um, it also uh, indicates that there would be temporary jobs for construction. Um, it makes assumptions on, you know, um, uh, because the assumptions made that it would need to um, operate at a minimum of uh, 40 tournaments. It makes assumptions that some of those folks would be coming in from out of town and they would be spending on, um, you know, uh, hotel rooms or, or dinner or whatnot. So all of that information, um, while it's not robust, it is included in the pro forma. So it seemed to me that there's a lot of benefits from the sports complex in that respect. But my question goes to the the multi-use recreation center. Um, as that's been programmed, would that be able to hold similar tournaments as well and be able to, to generate that type of impact on the local economy? So one of the reasons that there that a performer was conducted for the sports complexes because we don't run that type of facility uh, as a department. Most of it is for recreational purposes for the residents of Vacaville. Um, and so, you know, making a lot of money from the residents of Vacaville isn't the objective as a department. But we do want to recoup some of our costs to run, to continue running the programming. But I think there's even a directive and an actual law that says that we can't make above a certain amount of money. So, um, it's just not the way that the department operates. 
I guess, can it, could it host um, tournaments to draw people from other, uh, other yeah. communities? Yeah, the, the language is loose uh, on the Park and Rec Master Plan, and I think it is intended to allow some flexibility for us as a department to try to work through coming up with a program, right? So if we see a large demand for basketball, which we have this particular season, um, and we think that there is an opportunity to sort of expand on that, then we would go that route. But, you know, to Mary's point, um, we've got a lot of very popular programming that is kind of in flux right now, and we need to kind of figure out, one, a temporary solution for that programming, but two, a permanent solution. So all of these efforts that have been happening within the department in the last five to 10 years, including the Park and Rec Master Plan and the facilities assessment, it's all been converging because we can anticipate that some of this is coming in the horizon and we're trying to make informed decisions and provide you know, uh, accurate information to you all. Um, and we're right at the cusp of having to make some of those decisions and move forward one way or the other. So I apologize, I don't, to answer your question, yes, we can um, um, host tournaments. And I mean, I'll, I'll extend this to, to Director Hubbard as well. You must have saw the look on my, on my face, Nemo, thank you. But yeah, you answered the question. Yes, we can run tournaments. We would intend to run tournaments if we, um, were to construct, you know, brick and mortar, a, a multi-purpose sports center. The intent for that also is to get those kids, those local kids off the wait list that we have wait lists for volleyball, for basketball, for all the things that we're running that we can't provide to our residents. So although with the sports field complex, it's more based on tournaments and that's how you get your revenue. The multi-sport multi complex is more geared towards our residents uh, and, and providing experiences for them and uh, supporting local residents. But at the same time, we would be able to run tournaments and we would intend on running tournaments, not just basketball, but it could be um, a pickleball, uh, badminton, some of the things that we're currently doing at the Georgie Duke Center. So it would, it would be an expansion of kind of what we're doing, including tournaments. And then some of these facilities would, is it your experience that they would be funded just on a pay-as-you-go basis or would there be debt service issued to get them, get them funded? That's sort of a big consideration, might probably more for the council than us, but. Are you, are you, know. you saying for construction or for ongoing programming? Yeah, yeah that's, that's gonna be, that's why we're going to the council with yeah, this yeah. information, yeah. Um, and then just lastly, um, as we bring this forward to the council, I would think that we would wanna try to prioritize the five or I mean rather than just move all five I mean if we move all five of them forward are they just going to prioritize them or should we be prioritizing themselves I would I would think we would want to prioritize uh, the five somehow would be my one of my suggestions well we prioritized the the ten so when we got to the five so we wanted to bring the top five to the council for consideration and we based on this conversation we probably have a little more detailed information for them, for them as well with the commission's comments as far as you know what kind of came out of this this particular meeting so not that we would particularly prioritize them but we would give them the feedback on what came of this meeting okay thank you commissioner oz um uh, and um, I like the convergence. I think the pressure is good. The time is now. We've got the Measure M funds. 
Um, I did have a question. I don't know, and, and maybe Director Hubbard, you can answer this in terms of, um, you know, I think we've talked about with other master plans, having opportunities to apply for grants. Is that a potential opportunity for like the recreation center? Is, are there grants to help build? Recreation center? Absolutely. There, there, oh, okay. there, there are grants out okay. there. We're always applying for grants uh, for particular projects. Uh, and we have actually, we have a consulting group, California, California Consulting, who goes out and looks for grants for us. And if they see something that is, is eligible for the city of Vacaville, they come to us and said, you need to apply for this. So absolutely, we're always looking for grants to um, subsidize some of these projects. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, I have Commissioner Gutierrez next. Let me open your mic. There you go. Thank you. Uh, I agree with everyone else. I feel like almost each of these deserve its own meeting. So it's so hard to cram all of the clarifying question. Um, so it looks like for the sports field complex, that's the one that um, we're talking about would be out near the wastewater plant. But we haven't determined a location for for the multi-purpose rec center no we have a tentative location identified as the uh, centennial park site okay so the options for that would be that location but could there be other options i know you mentioned um we could use other city-owned lots i can't remember if it was for the multi-sports or the huge sports complex i'm just wondering how do we get to know what those other options could be? Like so how do we know what the other city owned? We don't have a current effort to, to build this. Uh, we have a current effort to master plan Centennial Park. And that one definitely has an allocation, uh, an amount of space for the facility and for the requisite parking. Okay. Um, but we haven't explored as a department any other location and, and any location is an option that is available, um, I guess, the point that I was trying to make is there is some benefit to to choosing a city-owned site in that right. land acquisition isn't a, a factor in terms of costs, right? We can throw all of the money at the development of the actual facility versus spending any amount of money on procuring land. So that, that was a point, but really it doesn't even have to be city-owned land if, if you wanted to make a recommendation for facility elsewhere um, or explore uh, some currently privately owned uh, site. I mean, that everything is an option. Um, you throw enough money at anything and anything's an option, right? right. So I, I don't want to limit you, but, but there is a benefit to sort of use these systems that we've been using as a department uh, as a tool yep. to plan these things. And, and the current plan says that there's enough space um, for such a facility at Centennial Park. Yeah, no, I actually appreciate um, the fact that you brought it up that way. I mean, obviously we're seeing with Davis and, and lease agreements and things like that, it does seem like it would be easier to go with city-owned land. I'm just wondering, and, and I, similar to Commissioner McMahon, 
Um, I think we are growing towards that area. We've got Play for All Park that's kind of over in that area. Um, I, I went and picked up my son's friend for the school dance and I felt like I was driving to Elmira and he was like, no, this is Vacaville. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so we, we are, there's a lot of development um, happening over there uh, around Leisure Town, Vanden. Um, and I do think it is accessible to, to the freeways without having to drive all through um, the city. And then we, we do have hotels off of Orange Drive that wouldn't be too far um, either. So I don't mind the location. I was just wondering, um, and I don't want to delay anything, if, if there were other options city owned, just because I think that would be easier to deal with land that we already own, would there be any options, I guess, to even discuss that that ends up being kind of a sticky point of um, contention for people who feel like that is too far out of the way. So the tricky thing with that is that any type of development has a requirements uh, from a building code perspective on how much uh, infrastructure and facilities you need to provide along with it. So when we're talking about a field, I mean, we're not just talking about a field, we're talking about 60 cars that will need to park to use that one field. And that's, you know, the, the players that are playing on the field and then the players that are on deck that are about to uh, uh, go onto the pitch after those kids that are currently playing are gone. And so that's, from a planning perspective, that's how uh, code is typically developed, right? And so that's why when you drive by a parking lot, there's, uh, you know, half of it's empty because it's designed for almost like a worst case scenario. Um, so we're limited in terms of the uh, city-owned property that would be large enough to accommodate 12 fields, which is what the pro forma recommends and the associated facilities that are needed with those 12 fields. So the thousand plus parking spots um, along with other space, right? Um, so that's really the tricky thing is that we just don't have a, a lot of swaths of 60 acres uh, that the city currently owns. And so you start, again, even having a discussion about say that we we identified a set that was 30 acres and we're talking about adding another 30 acres to that site to accommodate this type of complex now one of the things that isn't in the pro forma is having to spend millions of dollars on land acquisition right so i mean those are the kind of weeds that i i mean i can play out lots of different scenarios but i just wanted to give you the tangible information that was available to me and the things that i'm considering in a way that is beneficial to the city in that um, it requires less sort of capital to develop. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my other question is, um, so so again, a huge advocate for whatever we need to do for, for Davis. I, I look at it, uh, I have my kids play basketball, so I'm always looking at um, the basketball facilities and we really just have the two, Georgie Duke and um, Davis. And I look at it almost like a liability thing. I'm always looking like someone's gonna get hurt here. You know, there's been times where we've had to stop things because roof was leaking or we had to shut down things um, because of repairs to, to the roof. The seating is horrible um, there. I don't even think when I was sitting on the metal bench, like someone came and sat next to me and like the whole thing rocked and I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like someone's good. I, I fear that's when someone is going to get hurt there. So I feel like renovations just need to happen there. Whatever we need to do to make that happen before someone gets seriously injured. And now we're talking about, you know, more money than 
whatever the renovations would cost. But given the fact that we've got, you know, 10,000 people that um, are use, using that and several people on waiting lists, do we have a contingency plan while the repairs would be happening for these kids to go um, to play their sports, to participate in things? And do we know how long the renovations would take? For what site? Um, for Davis, sorry. For Davis. Mm -hmm. uh, so no, there, uh, there isn't a contingency plan. And one of the, so one of the reasons, I mean, it's difficult to go back in time and, and sort of understand conversations that took place when you weren't a part of the department. But my understanding is that one of the primary reasons that there is a new rec facility uh, recommended in the park and rec master plan is because, again, the firm that conducted the facilities assessment uh, uh, for the three existing facilities is the same consultant who prepared the park and rec master plan. And one of the outcomes of the, um, of the report was that, um, well, one, ownership of Davis was uncertain, and so they didn't want to make a recommendation to do one thing or the other, although they did identify a lot of improvements that were needed at the site. Um, and for the other facilities, for Davis, they had explored extensively whether or not to expand, but again, while they had the real estate to expand the facility, so they have enough room to add another two basketball courts or whatever, they didn't have enough room to add parking without going into uh, Andrews Park or trying to procure other land. So. Anytime you increase capacity, square footage, users, you have to accommodate them with other facilities like parking. And so it's not necessarily just the land needed to expand the building, but rather where are you going to park all those cars, right? Um, and so that ended up not being an option. And so the recommendation for Duke, even though the department has known that even that facility is pretty heavily impacted with the popularity of things like basketball and volleyball is just to make a, a minor improvements to the site, right? Um, improve lighting, um, improve some of the office spaces, excuse me. <coughs> but even improvements uh, for either the Duke or Davis or the other facility, which is Three Oaks, that doesn't have any uh, active recreation, except for maybe karate. Um, there isn't a contingency plan to move any programming. We don't have any other physical space to move that programming. So if you were to make a, a, a renovation, which uh, you know it does touch on making some, some renovations to each of the sites, we have no physical space to move the programming. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, if I can piggyback Sorry, on that. Can on we that. go back to the Davis Street slide while you're okay. answering? We'll do. Thank you, thank you. Uh, there's no contingency plan for programming at the skate center, but we would heavily rely on the school district use. We have an agreement with the school district to okay. use gymnasium space, right? So okay. I think we would probably have, let's call it an out for our, some of our basketball programming, but for the specialized gymnastics programming, that would be a, a, an issue because okay. that's bolted to, into the ground. It's a specialized equipment. And so we would have to uh, look at where we move that program. But for basketball, we would heavily lean on the school district with the agreement that we currently have in place with them. And would we, when would we know, I guess, how long it might be suspended? Like how long with the renovations? And would we do it in sections where gymnastics can still be going on while renovations are happening on the basketball side? Or would just everything need to be shut down while those renovations are, are happening? 
for cost savings, I think it would probably need to be done all at once versus phasing it in. But yeah, again, I'm not an architect, yeah. but uh, the most of the facility or our pod, I should say, is ru running uh, gymnastics. There's only one court and it's in this general area here. And so <clears throat> most of the programming that's occurring on our, on our pod is gymnastics. And so I, I don't see a scenario where you would renovate um, a portion of the pod with, without affecting in some capacity the other the other side. It's only, I believe it's a cloth like curtain yeah. that's separating the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, that's it for me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Commissioner Gutierrez. Um, if you wouldn't just mind going to the one with the three options, just so we have that up in case folks have other questions about that. Um, I have Commissioner Baruman next. I know Vice Chair Thompson, you you raised it, but he dropped and then raised again. So I'm gonna pass the mic to Commissioner Baruman. Well, heck, you guys didn't leave me any questions. You guys answered them all. <laughs> I'm just gonna echo all the concerns that my fellow commissioners have. Um, and Commissioner Shea had brought up regarding the dollar amounts, you know, finding the correct dollar amounts because it was back in 2019, 2020. That's a concern to me before we make that decision to see how much the costs are. And the other thing is, um, Director Hubbard answered my questions regarding the multi-purpose if we had to prioritize. Definitely the multi-purpose recreation center would be the top num number one. Um, because again, who we're working for is the community and that's where we're here for. And I would try to put that towards the uh, city council. But again, we don't make that decision. We get you know, all we can do is say, hey, we feel these are the ways it's supposed to be done. Um, but if I would move, I would definitely go with the multi-purpose thing. And then the Davis Sports Gymnasium is really a big concern. And like you said, you'd have to do it all at one time, especially if the roof needed to be renovated and all that good stuff, because that definitely does leak. Because um, I used to go there with my granddaughter for volleyball. It's like, okay, you know what I mean? So, um and then other things like as far as the trails, the trailheads looks like what Director Hubbard said, that was moving forward anyways, because you already had the signage and everything was moving forward. And the multipurpose location, uh, recreation center is part of the master plan. So and it looks like Nelson might have to be left to the side for a little while longer for me anyways. But um, I definitely look at the community, especially as far as, you know, staff works with putting events on and having locations and people with on the waiting list. That is a very big, uh, I've definitely put the multi-purpose room in number one category for get it done um, because it's, you know, it's bad enough. We don't have enough places to have things, but we also got to keep those kids off the streets and keep them busy in sports mom and dad can find out where to keep them. And yeah, the sport complex would be nice. And it is residents being a realtor, it's all going out that way. And houses would be all around that sport complex. And definitely parking would be not a problem, even though we don't have a parking problem here in back of it. Just leaving. So subject. Put it out there, but um, other than that, that's pretty much where I sit at. My commissioners pretty much asked all the good questions. Um, but yeah, if we had to come down to prioritize tonight to give it to the city council to see where they feel, you know, the money should be spent. Can I make a quick comment, um, Commission Chair? 
I, I just want the commission to understand that if we part, if you prioritize one of the projects, ours, one of the projects gets pushed to the top and we start um, on construction or master planning and it's at the top of the, the priority, it doesn't mean the other projects won't happen. It just means they're not part, they're not priority at this time. We will still look for grants for like Nelson Park, right? We'll, we'll still look for grants for the trails projects and to program trails, some of these other things. And even we can phase, maybe even patch and some of the things that are not in the top five. So we will continue to work, staff will continue to work on these other projects. They just won't be at the top priority where we're kind of funneling, hopefully the majority of our funds into making something happen. Something, like you say, something big happen. But these other things will, will continue to be um, on our radar. Thank you, Commissioner Vrooman. I have Vice Chair Thompson. A couple quick clarifications, uh, mostly towards Director Hubbard. Um, our current programming at the current um, facility is Georgia Duke uh, Three Oaks and the Skate Center. What is our shortfall if you included the wait list? Do we need 110% capacity or do we need 180% capacity? Uh, a great question. I, I yeah. I would hate I'm not to hold you the numbers. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to get something like like orders of magnitude. Are we? Do we need 110 percent of what we currently have, or do we need 210 percent of what we currently have? You're putting me on the spot on this one, um, and, and it depends on the program, right? And, and sometimes it fluctuates. Right now, sure. basketball is really thriving. Sometimes volleyball is really thriving, right? And so, um, and we're at capacity now. I, I would hate to put a percentage on it, but we're at capacity with some of these programs. With you know basketball, we right. have a wait list. With volleyball, right. we have a wait list. So we're we're really above capacity. Yes. We were, so we're correct. Really hundred correct. And some but I mean, I wouldn't say like two hundred percent. It's not like we have you know we have three hundred kids and we have three hundred in a wait list. It's just you know we we have uh, you know a few dozen. You know sometimes okay. in the 50s, 60s. I think Nemo's around so we, lots of numbers earlier where it could be whole teams that could so be So we waiting. have a significant wait list, but it's not, we yeah. don't need, it sounds, and I'm, 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 I'm drawing some generalizations, I'm not putting you on the spot, but it sounds like we're somewhere not quite 150% of what we currently I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I would make that assumption, correct. So somewhere between maybe 125 to 150% is needed. Yeah, I would say, I, that's I, a, I think a that's a huge ballpark. I think that's fair to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then that brings me back to the um, the recreation center and the conversations about um, tournament programming because back to I I always think finance finance tournament programming is revenue. Um, you even stated that you know for residential programming there's there's a municipal code that we can only you know generate or re recoup so much cost. But tournament programming um, um, comes from out, out of town plus sales tax and hotel nights all the other things I mentioned earlier. If we build a larger facility um, that is 50 to 70,000 square feet, what do, do we double or triple our capacity of, of, of existing? And if we're at, if we need 150, we have 50% extra. You see where I'm going with this? So it, it allows us the opportunity to generate an additional ROI or return on or, or recovery costs, as you, is the term you used. And then tag team with that, has any formal performer perf been done? on that multi uh, or that that multi-purpose recreational center. I know you said you you looked at an Elk Grove facility that sounds very similar, but there was no there's no formal performer that's been done. See what kind of ROI would be generated from that type of facility. That's correct. So a lot of the information that that I used to base my presentation on today, I wanted to be to be real and tangible and I appreciate that. Yeah. We as a city have not conducted a performer and so I, I found one 
uh, is in a similar sort of demographic. It's close to Vacaville. It's current. It was done within the last three years. It's actually out to bid right now. Uh, they'll get the bids in two weeks and they'll know exactly whether the performa was, uh, uh, the engineer's estimate was uh, about right or under. I believe for the 56,000 square foot facility that they're building, they had estimated in 2019 that it would cost 26 million. Um, but my understanding, and again, this is uh, uh, the gal who's my contact there. Uh, we used to work together at a consulting company. And she said that all of the development projects that they've had in the last two or three years have been through the roof. So all of them have gone over. She just doesn't know how much over it's going to go. So they anticipate it's going to be more than 26 million. They just don't know where it's going to land. Um, and one of the recommendations that the Park and Rec Master Plan does for our uh, a new multi uh purpose rec facility is uh, having a programming study. So essentially hiring a consultant to work with staff uh, to have discussions about tournament play and what specific uh, sports they want to host, and then let that drive the decision-making for the size of the facility and um, the amount of space that would be needed to accommodate that. So that's still sort of a step that's missing. We don't necessarily need a, a performa. We have a, identified a, a pretty substantial need uh, for that. But uh, in terms of the specifics about uh, whether it's kind of, you know, a, a walking uh, trail or four courts or six courts, right. that's TBD. Sure. Yeah. I understood. Um, last question. Um, what, and, and, and as you just mentioned, we don't know exactly what that would look like. What is the anticipated acreage needed for, for a facility like that? Is it... Um, that would be you driven by the. You mentioned thirty previously. I, I think and I don't want to quote you on it, but is it is it thirty? Is it ninety? Is it a hundred, um, including parking and everything? Uh, so it doesn't. I don't know the parking number off the top of my head. And again, a lot of it, the building code, depending on the on the capacity of the building and the use, will determine how much parking we need. The recommendation in the Park and Rec Master Plan is for the facility to be anywhere between 50 and 70,000 square feet, Hugh. Yeah. So what does that look like in acreage? Uh, an acre is 43,560. Okay. 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 I didn't know if you were talking about like lands or indoor space. Okay. Yeah. That's perfect. Okay. Thank you. So over an acre, under two. Thank you, Vice Chair Thompson. Any other commissioner questions or comments? Commissioner Shea. Um, thank you, I know it's getting late, but I just, um, I guess I wanna see if we're, you know, moving things forward this evening um, and, and making motions, I would, I guess for me, I mean, I would say my top three is Davis Street, Nelson and the rec center. Um, trailheads are what they are. I, I just still have caveats about the sports complex and I understand that we have the capacity to move all five forward, but I would want that that to get, you know, the those ideas or those thoughts transferred to city council or, you know, an asterisk next to it, right? Um, just be, uh, like I already spoke about the the accessibility and then and then the mention of the fact that it's, not necessarily for the city or not necessarily for the residents. It would be something that serves people outside of the city. I understand that that's, you know, revenue generating. But for me, and I, I appreciated too, uh, when you said, Nemo, 
you gave us a peek into the culture of the Parks and Rec Department. And I really liked to have that little glimpse and, and it was that you're not trying to make money off of the residents, right? Um, and I liked hearing that, but I also like, we are here to serve residents first, I feel like. So that's, that's just kind of, I'm just a little hesitant about the sports complex. I'm not saying I don't want to move it forward. Um, I want things that are going to serve the existing community and that will be accessible to the existing community. I understand growth is going out that way. Um, the people in my district, um, there are a lot of people that would be impacted by the lack of accessibility to that project. Um, I am. At, I would hope that city council will, you know, look at this meeting and and watch what we discussed before making any decisions. Um, but how do we? How would you like us to make a motion this evening? Just motion to, you know, move all five forward. Can we add notes to it? How how does that work? Yes, the recommendation is to move all five um, projects forward to the city council. But you can do what you what you would like to do. <laughs> I mean, I can't direct you, but I mean, our recommendation is to move all pro five projects forward to be presented to the city council, have them have a discussion and maybe even multiple discussions about you know funding, you know opportunities for residents, non-residents, and just have the same conversation. And if um, you know the commission wanted to come speak from the business from the floor during that you know time, they could as well. So um, it is our recommendation to move mm -hmm. all five forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I agree. I think sending them all, all five forward, um, but it does feel a little vanilla. Like, I feel like it would be nice to have um, a strong recommendation or a strong preference for one or two of the projects, um, just because, you know, I think funds are limited and I think that our job as an advisory body is to advise. Um, and I think five is a lot. And um, I'm happy to send all five forward, but um, we've got other folks who um, want to speak. Commissioner McMahon. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, going back, so let's talk about a new rec center. In a perfect world, we get this beautiful new rec center out at Centennial. That doesn't mean the Duke is closing, right? Mm -hmm. That is correct. It wouldn't be closing. Okay. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we lose the lease on Davis Street, right? The Davis Street Agreement uh, is independent of any other effort conducted by the department. If I can, I would. We'd be more apt to to get out of the lease in Davis Street if that happened, only because we're paying a hefty lease to be in that facility, and those funds could go somewhere else. And the programs at the Davis Street facility are the only programs that pay, you know, taxes. Uh, maintenance and some of the other things they pay one third of the maintenance of of the facility so our other programs don't have to make up that that cost so yeah if we had this brand new great big facility we would look at getting out of that lease okay very good and then also back to the sports complex i know the location keeps coming up about that and i'll tell you when we started talking about a sports complex years ago and that location came up i thought it was terrible like that's way out there it's terrible it's it's next to a water treatment plant, all, all the things that have been stated here tonight. But I'll tell you what, the people of District 6 probably think it's too close. They don't want it next to them. Why? Because every weekend there's going to be thousands of vehicles up and down that's those roads. So when we talk about moving it to Centennial, up where I were, near where I live, I'm like, I don't want that there. <laughs> it's going to be a traffic nightmare. You know, so while I don't like that location, 
I kind of love it all in the same sense. I think it's a great location. And I think that the city has an opportunity to shine with that water treatment plant right there. One of the most expensive maintenance um, uh, projects is, is watering those fields, right? That's one of the, the biggest costs. We can um, set the example for other cities to follow, you know, and, and we can water those fields with that, that clean, um, uh, renewable water there. So, uh, recyclable water, excuse me. So I, I do like that. And also, um, Nemo, correct me if I'm wrong. How many linear fields do we have open to the public in Vacaville? One, two? Uh, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, one. And how many diamonds do we have? 20 plus? 22. <laughs> okay. 22. So, you know, we, again, we need linear fields in the field or in the, in the town, wherever those are. Um, whether they're there, we we have a population that we are not serving by not having enough linear fields in Vacaville. So I think that is all of my questions now. And, and again, I'm a little confused, or I guess not confused, but my concern also, and I, I agree with, I think most of the other commissioners, I, I think that, um, you know, it is worthy to put all five of these forward, but I, I would like to prioritize because even since November, I think, my number one has changed. I, I definitely think my number one now is uh, a new rec center because I think there's a need um, that we need to address. Uh, uh, we need to address it tonight or, or in the, the near future here so we can uh, you know, um, eliminate issues later on down the road. So um, I'll leave that up to uh, the chair and, and staff to determine how, how we're gonna move forward tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner McMahon, exposing our allegiances to field. <laughs> um, I have Vice Chair Thompson on the mic. Sorry, um, Director Hubbard, another point of clarification. So it really doesn't make a lot of sense to recommend all five because a new multi-use rec center would negate the need for purchasing the Davis Street Skate Center. Like, am I, is that... Am I interpreting what you said a few minutes ago correctly? Can I can I chime in real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. So I do see that those two particular efforts are tied together. Um, and the caveat that I wanted to add was whenever we're discussing brand new developments, so a use that doesn't currently exist, one of the requisites is an environmental assessment. That effort alone, depending on the intensity that's needed, which we don't make that call, community development would make that call, could be a minimum of a year. And then that precedes construction documents and it precedes putting it out to bid and it precedes, you know. So what I wanna say is, while I do see that those two are related, uh, you know, I see the Davis Street uh, facility as almost our only option for a contingency plan to keep the programming on a temporary basis, whether that's renegotiating the lease or or purchasing just our pod and investing in um, in repairs for that particular uh, uh, portion of the facility. But um, I would just be inclined to advise you not to make a recommendation to abandon Davis Street because okay. we don't have a yeah, I plan to move the, any of that's that. That's the clarif clarification sure. I was trying to wrap my head around. And so it, it really doesn't, if we purchased, if the city purchased the Davis Street Skate Complex and then built a multi-use recreation center, then what would we do with it? It would be sold off or, I mean, we would be five, 10 years down the road, be looking at surplus capacity. 
if we purchase the entire facility Correct. or just our pod which was one of the options purchase the entire facility uh, yeah yeah I, I think well and i can't i don't have a crystal ball but if we purchased the entire facility i think the entire investment would go into that facility because then we would add well i don't want to get ahead of myself i think we would add more courts you know we would a gym, the gymnastic side would have its own space i mean so we'd we'd have to brainstorm of kind of how we would use the entire facility that, you know, if you've been there, you know that that facility has birthday rooms currently yeah. already. So it's, we, we would probably put our, all of our efforts into that facility versus the other. But as, as Nemo said, they're, they're sort of tied together. If we made the decision for the, to go move forward with the multi-purpose uh, rec center, we would still have to negotiate the lease agreement because we'd have to stay there as a contingency, as, as Nemo explained. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm ready to make a motion that we recommend all five projects with, um, um, I'm really struggling to prioritize right now. Um, um, previously, I was going to prioritize the, the, the Davis Street skate complex, but now I really think that the priority should be the sports complex, or excuse me, the multi-purpose uh, recreation center um, with just extending the lease at the skate center. Um, to you know, not displace 10% plus of our population. Um, I don't think there's enough um, financial. I, I don't. Th I don't think the financials are financials are accurate enough with the information we have to to really, um, in, in my mind, to gauge the ROI on the others equitably. Um, so they're all even in my mind. Um, so that's kind of where I stand. But I would make a motion to move forward to recommend all five to be pursued with city council. I would like to um, add that asterisk that we, you know, look at some alternate, um, you know, potential locations for some of those those sites. Um, and that I, I think that doesn't negate the motion. Just we we evaluate other options, thinking outside the box a little bit. Is that okay. Long so long-winded of that. Yeah, that was very long-winded. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so the motion, as it stands, with a comma, strong preference for. The uh, multi-use uh, recreation center. Okay. I thought there was two in there. Was there just one, the strong? Multi-use recreation center and the sports complex. Do I have a second? I second. Do we want to take a roll call vote? <laughs> That's a question and a comment and a question. Can we take a roll call vote? Okay, so the motion. Can you repeat it? Yeah, go ahead. Were you gonna say something? Sorry, Andrea. So I just wanna make sure that um, that the commission understands the options. So the motion before the commission, as I understand it, is moving all five forward with a uh, prioritization of the multi-purpose recreation complex is number one, the sports field complex is number two. A yes vote would push all five forward with those two being top priority. A no vote um, would mean that you, you don't want to make push them all five forward with those two priority and um, then the, the commission could consider other motions if so desired. Okay, I have Commissioner Oz. I'm, I'm in support of that motion, but in terms of the, the, the trail improvement plan, you're, I think I, you had indicated that 
that's probably going to happen regardless, just because of its, its low cost. It's, it's yeah. a, and, and not only that, I think we'll look at the other projects as well. Uh, Mike, yeah. I'm sorry. Not only that project, but the other projects as well. But I guess my point was we have an open project for trails and we will continue to add funds to that to do trail improvements. So yes, to answer your question. Because I think that the community sees that as the top priority. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's not the big ticket item. Yeah, and you'll start seeing movement in that area. Yes. Okay, um, any other discussion about the motion on the floor? Uh, I have Commissioner Shea and Commissioner Gutierrez. Oh, you. Oh. oh, I opened um, your mic, sorry. I, I'm also in favor of moving all five forward um, I, without prioritization of those two particular items though. Mm -hmm. Um, I, for me, there's too many caveats to the sports complex, um, to, to say with certainty that that would be like in my top two. Um, and that's, that's just where I stand with that one. Uh, Commissioner Gutierrez. Similar. Um, I'm wondering how we are determining which two are the top two, because those are not my top two so i don't know if we each need to give our top two and, and vote on them or do we each vote on our top one and then top two? I, i'm not sure what that process would look like but for me it would be the the multi-use and then davis street is my top two so i'm not sure how to yeah so chair vasquez you have a motion pending mm -hmm. that's been seconded so mm -hmm. you can move forward with a vote um, a yes vote would mean that that motion with those two um, as the top priorities would pass. A no vote means that it wouldn't. And then um, the commission could then engage in additional discussion if uh, it seems deems that uh, deems it fit to do that after this. Okay, so uh, we have a motion on the floor. Um, let's go ahead and if there's no more discussion about that specific motion, let's go ahead and take a roll call vote. Commissioner Oz? Commissioner Bruman? No. Commissioner Gutierrez? No. Commissioner McMahon? Yes. Commissioner Shea? No. Uh, Vice Chair Thompson? Yes. Chair Vasquez. I'm going to say no. So that's a four vote for no. Okay. So the motion fails. Um, so do I have another motion that anyone else would like to propose? Um, I would like to make a motion that we move all five projects forward with the rec center as a, as a priority. I think that you, that's been pretty unanimous across the board that that's a priority um, for everybody up here. So, uh, the motion would be to move all five forward with a emphasis or priority given to the rec center. Okay, do I have a second? Second. Okay, so we have a motion on the floor and a second. Is there any discussion regarding that specific motion? Seeing none. I mean, oh. uh, I mean, could we, we could, could we? Yeah, there you go. Oh, oh. <laughs> could we 
potentially add more more um, color to that rather than just prioritizing the project. Um, I, I'm struggling to what that is, but seems to be just here's five. We think that's the best one. Seems to be a little bit simplistic. After a, a, I think we could summarize some of our our thoughts a little bit more put together. Um, I'd I'd love to see a little bit more detailed five six bullet points of actions that they should they should consider beyond just prioritizing one. I mean, Commissioner Shea. I agree with that too. This does feel very like um, abrupt <laughs> just to say, do these five things. There is so much nuance as evidenced by all of the hours that we've spent talking about this now. Um, but also then we run the risk of, you know, having this really cumbersome, super long motion. And I don't know that that's effective or, or um, I guess I, I would say we ask Andrea's advice on that. <laughs> well, again, Chair, you have a motion and a second pending, so I'd encourage a vote <laughs> on that motion. And then if the commission needs to have additional discussion following that vote, then uh, that could be. Okay, so let's go ahead and take um, a vote on this motion. So essentially as it reads with the strong preference for the recreation center, correct? Did I capture that mm -hmm. correct? Okay, um, let's go ahead and take a roll call vote. Commissioner Oz? No. Commissioner Berumen? No. Commissioner Gutierrez? Yes. Commissioner McMahon? Commissioner Shea? Yes. Commissioner Vice Chair Thompson? Yes. Uh, Chair Vasquez? Yes. Okay, so I think that motion passes. Um, uh, I, sorry, as we move forward and send the motion forward and the recommendation forward to City Council, we can include the link to the YouTube video to encourage them <laughs> to watch um, our two-hour deliberations on, um, you know, the five specific um, recommendations or the five specific uh, plans. That would be great. I have Vice Chair Thompson um, on the mic. What does that do to the Davis Street Forest Complex? Because there were three options within that single you know, renegotiate the existing lease, purchase the entire complex or purchase just the pod. So do we need to make an additional motion regarding what to do with the Davis Street Gate Center? No, not at this point. Okay, no. so, I mean, so staff will evaluate what is the best path given whatever council comes back with for a multi-use uh, multi recreational center. Correct, and staff, will we will continue to work with those owners to see where we fit in the lease in long-term and short-term. And so it, it doesn't end here with that facility, right? And if I can add, the council could come back, they could kick this back to you guys too and say, look, we want you guys to do more yep. analysis. So, I mean, even though we're moving it forward to the council to say, you know, here are the five, here, here's our top priority, they could go, look, go back and rank them. So, I mean, any, that could happen. <laughs> so just, yeah, yeah. just to give you a heads up, I mean, that we're making a recommendation to the city council, but they could, not take the recommendation or take the recommendation or they could do something different just like you guys had the opportunity to do as well. So Understood. I just, just want to throw that out there. 
turn my mic back on, sorry. Getting confused with all the mics. Um, yeah, if we could also still include and encourage the measure M three by three, so we don't lose sight of that as well, so. Okay, if I, can, if I can comment on that really quickly? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say this and I'll put it, say it on record. I'm not in favor of that only because this process gives the whole commission an opportunity to, to have input on these projects, right? Um, that's one thing. And, and even for the city council, if you do a three by three, the whole council wouldn't have an opportunity to comment on all these projects. It would be a select few, right? And so this opportunity gives all the commissioners feedback to rank, to have discussion, and everyone gets their 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 piece. And everyone's from a different dis district, right? And so I, I appreciate that. And so that that's just my personal preference is I appreciate this process. Everyone had a say in it. Everyone got to rank them and we can continue this process. The other thing is, Per the Park and Rec Master Plan, we will revisit this every year. We're supposed to revisit these every year and, and annually revisit the Park and Rec Master Plan project. So that's that's going to happen regardless of what happens on the other end. So I just want to throw that out there. But thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I think that's all the items. So. Uh, do we need a motion to adjourn? We don't need a motion, correct. Um, okay, so number five um, is adjournment. And so we will adjourn to the regular meeting of the Parks and Recreation Commission um, on Wednesday, February 1st, 2023 at 6 p.m. And good night, Vacaville.